Okay, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 2, please. Uh, my voice is cracking because it's, uh, I'm losing it. Um, I think through a flu or, and also speaking a lot. I've been in the Daguna for the last few days. These people, they want me to preach four hours a day to them. So um, it's been hard on the voice. Proverbs chapter 2, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding... Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge or the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom for his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you. To to deliver you from the way of the evil, from the man who speaks perverse things. From those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and whose devious in their paths. Let's pray. Lord, we do look to you for wisdom. We know you are wisdom. We search for you, Lord, as we find ourselves in Bible study tonight. Um, so that we can be preserved by discretion, understanding, the skillful application of the knowledge that we receive. I pray you would sanctify us by your truth, your word is truth, that you would mature us, that we would be changed, Lord. And I uh, pray that that change, though it may not be evident today that as we find ourselves seeking wisdom through your word, as we look back upon the years, we find ourselves refreshed by the change you have accomplished in our lives. I pray for your blessing in these next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. A few weeks ago, um, oftentimes I will begin a, a service with just an exhortation that's not entirely related or sometimes not related at all to the text so that um, 
because it's something on my heart. A few weeks ago, I was encouraging the church on a Sunday morning to, when they come to the body of Christ, um, the church, as it said in Matthew 16, mentioned there for the first time, something that if you know me well and if you've been a, a, here a member of our church and as your pastor, we have talked about a lot. I am a firm believer that people who call themselves Christian need to be submitted to a local church that has the elements of a church that is defined for us in the New Testament. It sounds worse than it feels, guys. Don't worry about me. No pity for me. Okay. Um, and the Bible has given us clear direction on uh, what those elements are. There needs to be leadership that the New Testament calls elders and pastors and deacons. Uh, there needs to be you guys know this. I've said it so many, but I'll, I'll say it again. There needs to be the continuation of the Word of God being taught. That is to say, the whole Bible. Um, and it needs to be facilitated by that leadership. The corporate prayer facilitated by leadership. Baptism facilitated by leadership. And communion facilitated by leadership. And uh, all these things that call a church. And, you know, I, I visit so many children's homes over the years in Kenya. It breaks my heart to see um, that they do not take these kids they're rescuing to church. It is, uh, it's, it's against the will of God. It's disobedience. It's a crime against the kids themselves. And once again, I've... Um, though I, 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 will, I will say a lot of those children's homes, I love those people. They, uh, they're trying to help. But uh, not too long ago, I visited another children's home here in Kenya where I asked my typical question very soon in the discussion, do you take these kids to church? To which I got again the answer of no. I think they're ignorant. Um, they just don't know, as it is not um, very evident to them to have studied the New Testament. But I had encouraged our church a few weeks ago to, that, that we are responsible as the supernatural working of God. God chooses to work supernaturally primarily through a church. He does. Um, and I do believe, though, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave a believer because we're in a different dispensation or covenant. The Holy Spirit does not in the New Testament and in the, the New Testament era, or the, the church age, this is the time we live in, work in power for those who are not skilled in understanding, who are not skilled in wisdom, which is the proper application of knowledge. We are responsible to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. 
Amen. You know, what the Bible is also saying here in this chapter is that we are responsible to incline ourselves to understanding, to wisdom. It says it. And when we come to church, whether it be tonight, and we're so glad that people came out, and, or Sunday where there's more people, we get so distracted by things. We can be so tired because of life. We can be distracted through relationships. Um, we had, could have come for a various reasons that are not entirely pure. Um, we just have all these distractions and we are responsible to come to church saying, Lord, I want to receive from you. I want to submit to you. I want to be instructed by you. I want wisdom from you. Uh, I want understanding. Understanding is actually a similar word to wisdom. It, it's, this, it's skillfully applying knowledge. It's, it's your understanding skillfully what's happening. Um, and so here in Proverbs 2, it's, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands, that's the first time of a couple times that the word treasure will be mentioned right here in this portion of scripture. If you treasure my commands, where? Within you. I must mention again because the language is similar to Psalm chapter 1. A lot of the Proverbs language is similar to Psalm chapter 1. It's one of those famous songs that we all love so much. Um, blessed, are, blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the skeet, the skeet in the seat of the scornful. For his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on that law he does meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, which will yield his fruit in season. Here it's saying that those who apply wisdom, uh, which is righteousness as well, and, and, and they choose righteousness and they choose wisdom, that they will be refreshed. They will have the understanding of righteousness and equity and judgment. Um, when wisdom enters your heart, it's pleasant to your soul. The idea of pleasant is it's refreshing. It, it, it fills you with a refreshment. You guys have been thirsty before. Have you ever forgotten water on a long journey? And, and your standards get way lower on what water you'll drink? It's like, man, I, I typically don't drink unfiltered water. But I'm so thirsty, I need it. We were leaving Daguna, which is only about an hour away. And um, um, one of my children, I won't mention which one, because I'll cover their sins, uh, spilt all of my water. I, I, I brought a, a huge thing of water. They spilt like not 80% of it. So I had ran out. And uh, I, I typically am very um, picky with, with water. Uh, in fact... My favorite water is actually carrying it in all the world. Uh, but that, that, uh, that water that was sitting in the truck overnight in a bottle, just getting cooked by the sun and uh, today, and 
I normally would never drink it, but I drank it today because I needed refreshment. Oh, so much more does wisdom. You know, and it says blessed. I told you again, let me remind those or for the first time, tell those who haven't joined us since Proverbs 1. That word blessed, I've heard so many preachers and I guess it's okay, but they don't dig deeper into what that word actually means. It, it does mean happy. It's, it's like, oh, how happy. Uh, but, it, but it is a word in context that was used for Greek or Roman gods, like Zeus or, or different gods that they only would use this word for them because they had the resources to be perfectly happy. The idea was perfect peace or complete happiness full happiness. You know, um, most of us can probably say, I don't know that I have experienced complete, perfect peace and happiness. There's always turmoil in our minds. But that's the reason why uh, that word was only used for God. They think, well, they have enough money to be completely happy. Or they have enough resources to be at perfect peace. God is saying that we can have that kind of peace and that kind of joy and that kind of happiness when we apply wisdom and righteousness to our lives. I mean, look what, look what sin does to us. You know? Why do we keep choosing it? It messes us up so bad. We are, you guys, it's like Calvary Chapel has this DNA, if you will. It has this, this group of people. And it's, it's funny that it can actually transcend cultures. It's not just this group of people is gathered in America and a different group of people are gather, gathered in Africa. But... It's the same kinds, a really messed up people finding grace at Calvary Chapel. I mean, it's not the biggest compliment to be a member of a Calvary Chapel. It's probably you're an ex-drug addict or drunk or you're, you've made many mistakes. There's single motherhood. There's all kinds of issues and other churches not perfect in their judgment and harsh at time. Calvary Chapel's like, come on in. We take them all. I mean, you got Jordan. He's the worst sinner amongst us. He's really bad. And, and God paid him back for that yesterday. He was hit with a car and it smashed him on the ground at the, the parking lot. I just wish I could see it because I would enjoy it so much. I was trying to, Preston, do we have footage of the parking lot? We would put it on the projector on Sunday and show everyone. He deserves it. Don't feel bad for him. He's such a sinner. That's why he's here <laughs> at Calvary Chapel. None worse than me. And, 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 and how can we have peace? How can we have joy? How can we have happiness when we apply wisdom, when we apply righteousness and, and holiness to our lives, repentance and holiness? 
And, and that's why we're changing our church to the repentance and holiness movement. It's, it's, I'm following prophet of war now. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. Those online, I'm not. Can't stand them. Um, how can we have these things? By applying wisdom. Understanding. Guys, why do we do it? Why do we continue to sin? It damages us. Children growing up without fathers. People getting diseases. A, a paranoia. A lack of, of, we're empty. It just leaves us destitute. Well, the Bible's saying, and by the way, there's healing and all of that. We've experienced that. The Bible's saying, listen, apply wisdom. Treasure his commands within you. Not on the walls of your house. You know, I was reminded, because I've been out to village areas, bush areas like you guys, some of you maybe grew up. I grew up in what we would call the village. In a, uh, you would call the village. We call it the country in America. And I've been going out there for 12 years. And, and I was reminded of it because uh, John and Michaela and Jordan went, went with Preston and Nellis uh, to do a GCM food distribution. And, you know, you go into uh, some of these houses and the pictures on the walls are so ridiculous. You guys know the pictures. It's the picture of a huge house with a Ferrari in the parking lot. We've all seen that picture and a scripture verse on it. And you're like, what is this picture? I, I've gone into those houses. What is this? I don't know if they just pick it up and it's like, oh, it's nice. Put it on the wall. I don't know if they really intend to misrepresent what the word of God is saying. That's not what we want to hide in us. We want to hide a real skillful understanding of what God's word is telling us. Treasure it. Put it not on your wall. I mean, it's okay if you have scripture on your wall. As long as it's not the mansion with the Ferrari in the background. But where do you put it primarily? You put it inside of you. In your heart in your mind. And then that verse two, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, and search for her as hidden treasures. There's that word treasures again, twice now. What is wisdom? It's a treasure. It, it's more, guys, come, I mean, if we were to say, listen, an angel, while you were at church on Thursday night, put a bunch of gold somewhere on your compound or the place you were living, you could probably not even get your mind on the Bible study if you knew that and you were sitting here tonight. You were like, all right, when's he going to, I got to go look for this gold. I mean, what if the gold was worth like 10 million shillings? 
It's there. You just got to go find it. Maybe it's in the ground. Maybe it's in the ceiling. Maybe he hid it behind a tree. Boy, you got home. It, you wouldn't wait till the morning when the sun came out. You'd be out there with a flashlight or candles or a lighter looking. Well, it's saying wisdom is more valuable than that. Wisdom is more precious than silver, more valuable than gold. Search for her as if we were searching for gold and silver. Now, it talks about applying. It talks about inclining. The idea uh, is seeking and knocking and asking. I personally love this word, and I always have, um, incline. When I was first saved at Teen Challenge, I, I don't know, I don't know, the Lord was working in my life. He gets the glory and credit. I think it was the Lord purifying me and, and cleansing me and quickening me. I did want wisdom. I did want understanding. And guys, he allows, and he skillfully allows you to apply things to your life that would be indicative of wisdom, would be connected. And one of the things I noticed living with 150 men for almost two years, and I have a gag reflex, so all of the disgusting nature of living with men was very difficult for me. Anyways, that was probably, should not even have been said, right? I noticed that in our church services, in our chapel services, in our Bible studies, there were those who were seeking after wisdom, and there were those who didn't care. It, and it was evident by the, the inclining and declining of their body language. Now, I'm not saying you have to overcompensate, but I, I did notice that people who were really searching after God and wanted knowledge of his word would do stuff like this. And I, and, and I thought, and the Lord spoke to me, said, Josh, lean forward, pay attention, keep your eyes on the preacher. Don't, 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 don't take your eyes off. First of all, it's rude. Listen, don't, I'm not thinking of any of you tonight. Don't be weird. This was what I, I'm telling you about a personal experience. And then I would look around the room sometimes and I would see people's declining, reclining, not inclining. They're just like this. You know, like this. People do this. How dumb do you have to be to think that that preacher cannot see you when you're doing this? And then when he thinks it's over, he's all. <laughs> and I see it every Sunday. Even sometimes it could bother me so much that I will try to stare at that person to get them. I'm telling you, some people have noticed. Most people don't notice because they think they're invisible in a congregation. He doesn't see me texting. It's no big deal. 
Sometimes I've lead, guys, don't, don't be weird. Don't analyze this. I'm just, I'm being transparent because I'm so overly transparent all the time. And I've been like this. And still talking and preaching. And some people are like. <sighs> now, I, I'm not being harsh. I know some people get real tired and they're sick. And I, don't take this in the wrong way. But when people do this year in, year out, I wonder, why are they here? They're reclining to wisdom and instruction. We are to engage. Have you ever had one of those friends that oftentimes seems so disengaged? Or wives, have you ever had a husband that seems so disengaged? And it's, uh, the, this world is so... I mean, it is a fallen world. The Lord told this man, listen, you're not going to be bearing children. You're going to be uh, working by the sweat of your brow. That's how you're going to live. That was this punishment. You're going to bear children, women. It's going to hurt. Sorrow is going to fill your womb. And it's sorrowful. These little kids are brats at times. We love them. But they're little brats. I just had a lady's like, yes, they are. It's difficult, right, ladies? And you got, you're the primary caregiver. You nurse them and you care for them and you love them. And they're wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I love my kids. Sometimes you listen to them and you're like, it's like Satan has entered my child. And uh, I don't know what I was saying. I'm tired. <laughs> and so you... you I really don't know. It's gone. I had an amazing point. It was, it was there. So I'll just move on. Um, so this inclining to, to, to wisdom. Oh, yeah, engagement. If you, you ever, had, ladies, your husband, the world is so fallen. They're out working, and they get home, and they have nothing to say because their word count is finished for the day. And this is the time where women need to talk to their husbands. And oftentimes, Kelsey will be like, hey, can you engage? Talk to me? Look at me? I'm all, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Today, I mean, these people are going to be preaching for four hours. Four hours. I love it. But, but they, four hours, and they're listening. When I got in a truck, I didn't have one more word to say to the group of people in the truck all the way to Eldoret. I'm like, my word count is done for the day. I'm t- you know, what a fallen world we live in. But ladies, isn't it upsetting when your husbands don't engage with you? You three people who are married in this room. <laughs> Get married. I have good illustrations for married people. <laughs> or, or isn't it? upsetting that you have that friend that always just seems to be concerned to themselves and the only time they engage is when they talk about themselves it's like dude engage pay attention you know i'm talking to you what what wisdom is crying out what wisdom is saying is hey engage incline pay attention and receive submit it's a treasure treasure this time 
where God's word is open. Treasure the time when your personal devotions and God's word is open. Have you guys ever just read the Bible because you have a devotional life because you know you got to read the Bible? So you got to read the Bible. And have you ever read a few chapters and you couldn't even say one thing that those three chapters said? <laughs> We've all done it. Have you ever been convicted?